0: If you brought your copy of God's Word, please turn to Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2 as we look at this together this morning. I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And, um, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and we'll read uh, through verse 20. Luke 2, verse 8. And they were in the same country, shepherds in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And Suddenly there with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them. In her heart. Now, if you would, please turn to Matthew uh, chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. We'll refer to both of these a little later. Matthew chapter 2. We'll look at verse 10. Speaking of the Magi, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Well, this is a very exciting time of the year as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a very festive time. I'm sure you've already been a part of it in some way. There are a lot of decorations, there are a lot of singings, there are a lot of musicals, there are a lot of parties going on. There's Sunday school class parties, there's office parties, there's a lot of celebration. There's there's a lot of gift giving. This past Friday. Judy and I carried Canaan late Friday afternoon. We went down and carried our grandson Canaan to the to the Galleria there in Birmingham. We started something about three or four years ago, and we'd go to the Galleria and spend a the night there in the hotel. And he'd walk out on ground level and was able to do his shopping, and he kindly liked that. So we went down this weekend and carried him to the Galleria, for him to get his gifts. And he picked out his mom and dad and his baby sister Judah something. And it was amazing to see how thoughtful he was about giving them exactly what he felt like they needed. He wanted to give them exactly what they needed. Have you ever been given a gift that you really didn't need? Have you ever been given a gift that... Perhaps she thought much. not much thought was put into it. Now, I I don't know. Judy always has me to save her receipts. I mean, the gifts that I buy, she has been known to take some back. But um, she says, you you get in too big of a hurry. Well, I try to, you know, stay calm and, and put some thought into it. But I do, I guess, get into a hurry. I went to a, by the way, I went to a Sunday school class party the other night, and um, Brenda Parker gave me a gift. And after she presented that gift, I just wondered how much thought she put into it. Um, I, want, I want you to see that gift. I got a new pair of house slippers. Um, there they are. <laughs> Uh, I never owned a pair of Bart Simpson bedroom slippers before. The, the, the mouth, uh, uh, is that Homer? I, I don't know. But the mouth is where you put your feet. The eyes really weren't that big until I put my feet in there. But, uh, but anyway, she, she uh, said she loved me and wanted to give me a gift for Christmas. But uh, thank you. You can take that down now, Joel. But, uh, but anyway, um, I want to share just some thoughts about the greatest giver. Now, there are some people today who, who we could classify as givers. They, they just love to give. My mother and father were both givers. My mother taught school for 37 years, and, and she loved giving gifts. She loved giving to children. She would give clothes to children. Uh, she would uh, she'd have a a student. She taught fifth and sixth grade, and oftentimes she'd have a student, the clothes really uh, were kind of tattered and torn, and they needed some clothes, and she would, she would take my sister's clothes for the girls. And she would, she would take, um, she'd have students in school, and she, that was my size, and she would, uh, she'd give them my, my clothes. Um, I had a person come up to me sometime back, and and after my mom had died, he said, I just want to tell you, I, love your, I loved your mom. Said so She was my fifth grade teacher. And he said, on Fridays, we could, um, we, could go, we could get a carton of chocolate milk for a nickel, and we could go see a movie for 10 cents. I never had a nickel, and I never had 10 cents. And your mom would call me in the cloakroom, and every Friday, she would give me a nickel and 10 cents for that movie and I'll never forget that. My dad, he, he was a giver. He was a scoutmaster for about 17 years, I guess, and uh, tried to take care of the Boy Scouts. They The dues, I remember, was 10 cents for the dues, and a lot of them didn't have the money for the dues, and Dad would pay the dues. I had a music teacher one time, Miss Thomas, in Roswell Junior High School, and she had the gift of giving, and, and uh, the story is that she never wore a coat in the winter because... Uh, uh, she would always see someone that needed a coat, and she'd take her coat off and she would she would give it to that person. I thank God today for people who are just who are just willing to give. I thank God for our church, our people here that give. I love my church, and we studied this emphasis. I love my church in regards to that my church and that this is where I tend this is where I worship and grow and and i 'm I'm discipled here, I serve here, and then I give here. I love my church because it is a giving church. We're limited in funds to some degree, but, but we're willing to do what we can. And I don't know if you recognized in your, your announcement sheet about the World Hunger offering, uh, over $1,300, the largest offering ever we've given to World Hunger, global World Hunger in our church. And then prior to that, you remember a missionary came from Missionary came and and had a bicycle ministry, and we we bought eighteen bicycles, a little over eighteen hundred dollars for him to purchase bicycles to give to to pastors uh, We give faithfully the north american mission board our with our Lodiman Christmas offering our corporate program um, our Annie Armstrong Easter offering we give to our association we help sponsor. You know, our own who go as summer missionaries in the summer. We provide Thanksgiving meals for our our community. We're limited, but we do what we can as long as we can. Here's the point. There are people today who can just be classified as givers. However, I I want us to think just for a moment about the greatest giver. And the greatest giver is God Almighty. And this is what Christmas is all about. And why would you say, when I thought of that, I'm thinking, why would I say that God is the greatest giver? I jotted down a couple of things. First of all, God is the greatest giver in that his gifts are always to all, to everyone. He's a universal giver. Uh, you know, he's not forced to give, he gives out of love, he gives out of mercy, he gives out of grace, he, he doesn't draw names and give to certain people, his, his gifts are not based on uh, pick and choose type, but his his gifts are, are universal, doesn't give based on race, doesn't give based on creed or color, he, he doesn't treat you any different, although you may be um, rich, you may be poor, but he gives to all mankind. He's the greatest giver because his gifts are given to all. He's a universal giver. He gives to his enemies as well as he does to his friends. So he's universal. He's a universal giving God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved the world. Not, not the cosmos, but the people in the world, that He gave His only begotten Son. So God is the greatest giver because He gives to everyone. Now, jot it down. God Almighty is the greatest giver because His gifts are practical. They're practical. Um, He gave us a created world. He created the world. Then He created man, and He gave the world to man. He put man in the world to take care of the world that He created. He gave us this created world, but he also gave us the the necessary things to sustain our needs. He gave us oxygen, he gave us air. He gave us water. Deuteronomy eleven fourteen says he he gives us the water that we drink. And then he gave us food for our for our flesh. Psalms one thirty six verse twenty five. So he provides these practical things. Because of the world in which he gave us and put us in it to take care of us, he gives us air, he gives us water, he gives us food. He gives God, the point is, God gives these practical gifts. He gave us the earth, everything needed to sustain the earth. Therefore, he gives practical gifts to meet our physical needs. But notice something else. He gives what we need to meet our spiritual needs. You know, God gives gifts that have eternal value everlasting value you see the most beneficial gift that you'll ever receive I'll ever receive are not those that have temporal value you don't you don't need a a four-wheeler you don't really need a new automobile you don't really need a camper or, or a new rider new rod and reel or a computer or a clothes or a diamond. We really don't need those things. Those things are temporal and, and they get old and they wear out and they, we have to junk them or we have to get rid of them some way. But what we really need are gifts of eternal value. And that's what celebrating Christmas is all about. Because 2,015 years ago, God gave us the gift of his only begotten son, and he gave him to us to be our savior. And notice, he told that group of shepherds there in Luke chapter 8. Look there, if you will. Luke chapter 8. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, he says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. You can imagine what a sight that was. And the angel said to them in verse 10, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, not to some people, but to everyone. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior. Now, a Savior. We we didn't need stuff. And we don't need stuff today. We need a Savior. And God sent to us His Son a Savior. He sent to us exactly what we need. We need a Savior. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we needed a Savior because we're lost without one. We don't have a Savior, we're lost. If you don't have a Savior today, if you haven't received Christ as your Savior, you're lost without a Savior. And the only Savior ever born, the only Savior that will ever be born is Jesus Christ Christ the Lord. And so, Jesus gives gifts. He gives gifts, practical value. He gives gifts of eternal value. He gives, God gives us the gift of a Savior. And when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, God gives you the gift of eternal life. He gives you the Savior, and then He gives you the gift of eternal life. Look at, look at John 1, verse 10. I believe it to be on your screen. John 1, verse 10. As we think about this eternal life, he says this. He was in the world. Notice, he was in the world and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. And I'll continue. And he came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, he gave them power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so we become the sons of God. We we receive eternal life. When you receive Christ, you receive eternal life. He gives us a Savior. He gives us eternal life. And then He gives us forgiveness of sins. That's a gift. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and He's just. To forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So God gives us a Savior. We receive the Savior. God gives us eternal life. Through eternal life we have the forgiveness of sins. Then we have a home in heaven. John 14 verse 1 through 3. A familiar passage. no doubt that... you're familiar with, let not your heart be troubled in verse 1. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and, and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. We receive a Savior. By receiving a Savior, we receive eternal life. By receiving eternal life, we have forgiveness of sin, a gift. Then we have the gift of heaven. And then God gives us the gift of assurance of our salvation. Look, if you will, at John 3. John 3, verse 15. Notice what he says about this gift of assurance. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's assurance. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the gift of assurance. Drop down to verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. The gift of assurance of salvation. Look on down to verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. That's the assurance of eternal salvation. So God is the greatest giver because his gifts are universal, given out of love and mercy and his grace. His gifts are practical, but his gifts also have eternal value. But the question is this, how do you respond when God gives you a gift? How do you respond? Well, you can receive the gift, or you can reject the gift. And I've noticed that people who are glad to receive the temporal gifts that come from God, they're glad to to receive the creation as a gift, air and water and food, things that go with all of creation. They're glad to receive that. However, they tend to reject the spiritual gifts that will last forever. It's it's obvious that this is the season in which we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But the question is, what would be the greatest gift that you could give Jesus on his birthday? If you'll notice in Matthew Chapter 2, when the Magi got there, they offered him gifts. Verse 10 in chapter 2 of Matthew, When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw this young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down, they worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts. When they recognized who he was, when they, when they put it all together, that this was the Messiah, they wanted to give him something. And they gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, today, what, what what do you want to give Christ for what he's given you? What do you want to give Christ today for eternal life that he offers you? The Savior... God offers you the eternal life, the forgiveness of sin, heaven, all those spiritual gifts that we receive. What, do you, what would you give Christ? What would you give Christ for what he's given you? Well, let me tell you what he wants. Let me tell you what he needs. He doesn't need gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What he needs, what he desires, is to have you and to have me, all of us. And so as we think about Christmas season, as we think about the reason, the purpose for it all, and how we're celebrating Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ, just think the greatest giver in all the world, think of the gift that he gave. Think of the gifts that he gave. And ask yourself, would I be willing to give myself completely and wholly to the Lord Jesus? Would you be willing to receive him into your life to be your Lord, your Savior? Let's bow our heads together for prayer. Father, I come to you and I want to thank you for a time that we've had just to focus upon this time of the year. And Lord, when all the world is focused upon a a Christmas... uh, celebration, a holiday for Christians, Lord, as we recognize the birth of the Lord Jesus, the birth of Messiah. And so, Father, I pray today, I pray that you've spoken to our hearts as we think about what all you've given us. You began with a Savior, and you gave us a Savior because we needed a Savior, and we were lost. And when we receive a Savior, we receive this eternal life and forgiveness. We receive a home in heaven. We receive all these added spiritual blessings. And the least thing we could give you, Father, is our life. So when we receive you into our life, we're really making a commitment that we give you our life. Help us to realize more than we ever have before. Lord, thank you for what you did for us at Calvary. Thank you for coming into this old sinful world and dying on the cross. Dying on the cross for... Mankind sin. And Lord, loving us so much that through your Son, through the forgiveness of sin, through his uh, shed blood, that we can have eternal life by simply putting our faith and trust in you. And I thank you for the grace. I thank you for your mercy that was demonstrated to us there at Calvary. Father, we pray this morning that we'll begin to evaluate ourselves as your people, to see if we are totally committed to you as you would have us to be. I pray for those here today who really never experienced the true meaning of Christmas because they've never received your son Jesus into their life. And I pray today they have the gift. They have the gift gift of Christmas. They have Christ Jesus living within them. And if they came today without him, I pray today they would submit to him and receive him today. Thank you for what you're going to do in this imitation, hymn. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.